superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobrovolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is serious rocket fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobrovolsky with Up Your Creative Genius. Oh, I am so excited to interview Dan Hilbert. He's amazing. And I met him in Trophy Club. When I was riding my bike out there, I saw that there was a bagel shop and I'm like, you are kidding. And someone recommended his shop to me and I went in there. And now that I know him and I've tasted his bagels, which I just have to say, I have my favorite bagel right here. I just want to tell you all about it, listeners. And so welcome on the show, Dan. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for stopping by the shop. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Now, let me just tell people a little bit about you, and then I want you to tell your story from your perspective. So you lived in Connecticut for 30 plus years, and you commuted to New York City for 18 of those years, right? That's correct. That's and then correct. you had all these high level jobs like you were SVP of events and marketing for big companies. And then you moved to Texas. You were the EVP there. And then COVID hit and you had to reinvent yourself. And so you were <laughs> I love this. You know, we know that living in Texas, there's not a good bagel to be found except yours. And this is what's true. And I said to my hairdresser is how I found you. I was sitting there in the chair, you know, get my hair bleached. And I said to her, isn't there any like good bagel shop here? There's like none, no New York bagel. She goes, oh, I just heard about this place in Trophy Club. And that was that. And so that's how I found out about you. But Dan, tell us what happened. Tell us about your story of how you got to this place. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. You're pretty amazing. So I'm pretty humbled to be here. And yeah, so, you know, like many people during the pandemic, the whole world was kind of flipped upside down. Yeah. And I was in corporate for 30 plus years. And yes. the job that I had was specifically events. So you can imagine wow. events went away. And so our hours were reduced every week. And the entire company, you know, like many others, we had to let people go. I was reduced down to three days a week. Wow. And okay. I was grateful to still have a job, but I was used to working five days a week or more. And yeah, for sure. In events like that's the craziest life to have, honestly. Yeah. But it's so exciting. You know, that's what's true. Yeah. And, you know, you're used to traveling and going to other places. So long story short, you know, being quarantined, I always like to say that, and it's the truth that food became the center of gravity for the yes. family, right? That's what we surrounded to right. gather every day. Right. And coming from the Northeast, my wife, Jennifer, who is my wife and business partner, when she was pregnant with our youngest, she always craved bagels. And my son loves bagels, do the math there. And <laughs> we were asking the same question you were, yeah. where do you find a great bagel? Right. And we're like, well, we can't. So let's just start making them. We have the time. So 
I started getting into bagel making and the first few bagels were pretty horrific. They were, they were pretty bad. <laughs> were they like rock hard and they, really, yeah, they, like you would chew them for much. hours? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It was, you got your cardio in after you, after you enjoyed that bagel. So I made bagels and I kept going, I kept going. And what really drove me into it wasn't the idea, well, you know, I'm going to do a bagel shop because there's no bagel shop here. It was actually the chemistry and the science of it and how dough lives wow. and how you treat the dough. And if you tweak this ingredient and you don't tweak this, how it can just affect the product. I mean, it's miraculous. I mean, it's funny how nature works, but I really got into the chemistry of it. And then, you know, I started getting better and I started giving it to friends and they tasted it and they became a feedback loop. And we kept at it, kept at it. And finally, I met up with this woman in New Jersey. Her name is Beth Young, uh, Beth George. And she taught me how to take my recipe to the next level. She's literally a bagel consultant. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, so yeah. you started off and this is to me, for people that are listening, this is really a design principle that he's talking about getting this feedback loop, testing and trying, thinking about what you want to do and then doing something about it. Right. But getting that instantaneous feedback. I mean, your family was your first feedback, but then getting your friends involved to give you feedback on that. Totally awesome. And then you ask someone for help, which changed the game completely, right? Got a bagel consultant who could help you perfect it. All right. So then what happened? Yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, I didn't believe that I could do it by myself. I was like, you know what? I could take it up to this point. I could really use the help. And, you know, I think, frankly, it's important not to be too proud not to reach out for help. And so I went to New Jersey and I went to see her. We worked in her test kitchen And we took her recipe and my recipe and we blended it and created what is now Dan's Bagels recipe. Well, I just want to say that for people that are listening, you know, if you've lived in New York at all, uh, you know, I used to walk from where I lived at 56 and Broadway. I'd walk up to 72nd Street on the west side to get the best bagel I could. And not everybody has like certain kinds of bagels, right? An egg, everything bagel is something unique. And you can only get that really normally in New York because most people don't make them. And so when I went into the shop the other day, I was like, look, egg, everything bagels. (laughs) That's incredible. And the bagels are so delicious. And on the wall in your store itself, it says what to do with your bagels. If you're not going to eat them right away, how to freeze them and everything. It's got instructions everywhere there. So tell us, how did you get from the bagel to the brick and mortar? Yeah. First of all, the help of family. I think the first thing is I probably want to move faster than I ended up going because I think one thing I learned was when you see an opportunity in the marketplace and you love what you do, right. you kind of want to just jump in and just like, oh my word, I got to do this right away or somebody's going to come in and do it, right? Right. Typically that doesn't happen. At least that's not what I'm finding. And we took our time, you know, we went quickly, but we took our time so we knew as much as possible to open up our shop so we didn't make so many mistakes. Yes, we, because the yeah. kind of mistakes you can make 
you can put a bagel shop or something where there's not a walkability score isn't high. And Mm -hmm. so you can have something there, but nobody knows about you. And the amazing thing is that you came out of marketing. So you're really awesome at that piece of it as well. All right. So you moved slower than you would have liked to, but you did all the research and then what? We reached out to family. Again, the idea of don't be afraid to ask for help. And we have great family and we were able to tap into our funds and tap into their graciousness and get a sum of money to open up brick and mortar. And then that's when the real hard work on the business <laughs> yeah. side started. Wow. Yeah. Look, looking for a spot, buying equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So if family has been just absolutely amazing. Now we took our own funds, you know, and- yes you kind of tap into your savings and things like that and you go for it, but sometimes you have to. And if you feel good about something, which we did, we went for it. And every step along the way, there was nothing that said, don't do this. Like we would go from one stage to another stage and then another stage. And then we were waiting for something to say, no, you better not do this, but it never happened. And we just went, 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 went. And finally we found ourselves working with family, working with businesses, working with suppliers, and now making bagels for great customers. Yes. And now I noted, so how long have you been open now there in Trophy Uh, Club? Three and a half months. Three and a half months. (laughs) Let me just tell you, when you go there on the weekend, there's a line out the door. It's crazy there. People are insanely in love with your bagels. But here's what you did. You know, this was one of the questions that my wife, Julia, she's like, I wonder how they got the money to do that, because it's not cheap to open your own brick and mortar. You really have to have funding. So you got your family's help with that. And your wife, Jennifer, is right there. And are any of her family working there too? Are there other people that she knows, your friends working there? Or it's, is it all people that you hired just off the street to help? Majority are folks that we hired. And I would say almost 100% of them are local high school students, first wow. jobs, stuff like that. The other portion are friends. We have friends who come in, our kids. When we initially opened up, they worked in the shop with us. So it was definitely a family affair and still is. Yeah, it's incredible to go in there. Everybody's so fun and friendly. That's number one. And then the food is really great. And so what of this part of it, the brick and mortar, what didn't you expect and what's amazing about it now that it's happening? I can speak for Jennifer, my partner on this too, is the physical demands that a job like this takes. You can expect the intellectual work the bookkeeping, et cetera, but we did not anticipate how physically demanding this job really is. Yes. Um, hauling, you know, flour bags. I mean, we go through a half a ton of flour a week. Wow. We go through 600 pounds of cream cheese a week. Oh my God. Wow. And you can imagine. So it's really been the physical challenges. So we get to bed, we make sure that we keep ourselves healthy and we do the best that we can. On the amazing side of things is there's a few pieces of the day that I really, really love about the job. One is first thing in the morning, it's quiet. Yeah. I'm just there. I'm at the shop. What time is that that you're talking about first thing in the morning? 3 a.m. 
<laughs> there we go. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so it's just a nice time for me to kind of, I guess, get calm and just kind of get to equilibrium. And then the next piece is when the bagels come out of the oven. I will never get sick of that. And then the third moment of the day is when the doors open. I get a real rush seeing people come in. So it's been amazing. So that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So this is your Monday and Tuesday are the days that you do baking, right? I know you bake every day, but what is it that happens on Monday and Tuesday that I was able to actually get your stores closed on those two days? But what's different about these days for you? Yeah, that's a great question because there was some controversy initially when we said we were closed Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. The reason is, is first of all, our bagel takes 48 hours to make. It's unlike any bagel in the area and all the cream cheeses, the lunch salads, everything Jen makes and it's wonderful. She prepares. So there's a ton of house-made items that we make on Monday and Tuesday. And without those two days, we couldn't deliver that. Now, obviously we're still working. We're close to customers, but That's what we do. We're still working, getting the food ready. Yeah, I love that. And those different flavors in the cream cheese are, that's part of my favorite. You know, like if I bring home a blueberry bagel with blueberry cream cheese, Julie goes crazy. That's her favorite of all of them. She's like, I want that one. And me, you know, the lox spread or just the lox combination. You sell lox there. And I saw you posted on Instagram, you know, picking up the lox. I love that. So everything's really fresh. It's really unbelievable, the bagels, and there's so much love in it. And in the store itself, it's really a friendly environment. So the moment you walk in that door, you're like, oh, this is fun. And it's tiny, you guys. So if you're listening, this is a tiny bagel shop. So really, the line does go out the back door. But I love that about it. I love that it's not a sit down shop. You just go in and get your bagels just like you would in New York. You'd line up to get them. You get them. You take them to wherever you're going. And I've met the most incredible people in the line itself. I met a woman who is, you know, it's going to run her first marathon who lost like a hundred pounds getting ready. I mean, you know, and then I met these people yesterday that were talking about, you know, how they wanted to, it wasn't yesterday, but day before when I was there, they were talking about, it was the first time there. They just heard about it. So word of mouth has gone crazy in Texas, in our part of Texas, where we live, North Texas. And I, I'm just so excited about it. But when you think about the kind of challenges, like the physical labor is really a lot. That is heavy lifting. When you think about some of those challenges and the challenges, you know, you said, well, at every turn, the doors opened. But it's huge to decide to have a vision of something you want to do and then leap into it. So what gave you the courage to think that you could do it. How did you get yourself to do it? Was there somebody in your life from your past, a mentor or teacher or your past experience in those big companies? What helped you to do that, to be able to have courage to do it? I think I've always wanted to own my own business, right? If you'd asked me that I would end up owning a bagel shop, I'd say you were crazy. But (laughs) as long as I've been in corporate, I've always wanted to leave and open up a market 
marketing agency or an event yeah. agency or something that was very, I guess, quote unquote, made sense. Oh, you know, that's a natural pivot. Yes. Bagel shop is not. The thing is, is that I don't know, it just happened, you know, but I guess what the difference is, is that when you see it happening, you need to be aware of it, like stop yourself and say, wow, this is happening. Maybe it's not that strange that it's happening, right? Maybe it's not that strange that it's a bagel shop, right? Maybe that's what it's supposed to be. And this is exactly where I need to be. So all of a sudden I'm like, well, it ticks the box because I want to own my own business. Yes. I'm pretty passionate about it, you know, and three, seriously, you are seriously passionate about it. (laughs) And then three, from a business perspective, does it make sense? And so my left brain comes in. I'm like, you know what? Logically, this could work. But the courage is, it's such a great question, Patty. This is why this is such a great forum is part of it is a drive to own my own business, but to have allowed that to be wide enough of an aperture to let that business define itself. Sometimes like if you want to do this and you want to own a business and you have your eyes set on a particular industry or something, sometimes you actually swerve yourself away from what may actually be an alternative. Yeah. Or your true calling. I think this is what you're talking about. So, so in a way, you know, Dan, when you think about this, this is to me, the beauty of the universe, right? Is that your creative genius is kind of waiting out there, you know, and it's just waiting for you to wake up to whatever is the opportunity for you. And sometimes you get, like you said, a fixed mindset. So you could have gone in and opened your own marketing and events company. You know, you could have pivoted to do all their online stuff. You could have, you know, done. And certainly I work with tons of events and marketing people. So I know what people have been struggling with. So that was a big deal to kind of have, watch your job get downsized, downsized, downsized. But you didn't just bemoan the fact of that. You're like, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to learn how to bake bagels because why not? We don't have any here. And then it became this opportunity. So, you know, when we think about making change in our life, we sometimes think that you have to have a vision of what the end goal is, but that's not always true. The truth is you have to have an end goal of how you will feel. You'll feel excited. You'll feel passionate. You'll feel like I'm in it. And that's exactly what happened to you? I love that you, you stumbled on this and then it became something for you. Yeah, that and, is very well said. That's exactly what happened. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. And then so in those moments, you talked about that quiet moment in the morning when you're just getting everything ready. When you pulled Julie and I back behind the counter there and talked to us about the dough. Talk to us about the dough, because what you said was like a metaphor for life. What did you say about the dough? I said that the dough needs to relax and dough is alive. It is a living, breathing, active thing. And you can't just beat it up and keep beating it up, right? You got to let it relax. It needs its time. And then after it relax, it's even better dough. And then you let it relax and it's better dough. And, you know, I tell people after the bagel dough and the actual bagel shape is made, we put it in the cooler overnight. And I always say, you know, they're going to go to sleep now and they're going to get some rest. (laughs) 
And then tomorrow they're going to be ready to go to work. And it's weird, I know, but I truly look at the dough as literally a breathing thing, like something hey, you I, need to take care of. I love this because this is what I'm always talking about is that the world is an energy field. We're all made up of energy. Yeah. And so that dough, you let it relax and then you let it relax some more. And this to me is it's like us, you know, we need to relax. We need to relax more. And then we need to cool down a little bit and take a rest so that we can get up the next day and do our job. And that for me is such a beautiful way of looking at it. And you also talked about the science of it. There is so much science in baking and you can try. I don't know about you, but I tried for many years to make bread and I just was I could never do it right. I just couldn't do it. I would beat it up and then I would want it. I wanted it to go. I didn't want to wait until it rose. <laughs> you know, I just didn't. I uh. yeah. So the fact that you're talking about this and you showed us that, you know, you showed us how you make the bagel and it is incredible. And now so you're doing all these different kinds of bagels. Like where did you get the idea to do a rainbow bagel? Because that was my favorite, of course. Right. And then blueberry bagels. So tell me, where did you get the ideas for these things that for me feel like your signature bagel? Yeah. The, the rainbow bagels were simply, I just thought they were beautiful. And yes. I have a baker friend who was kind of a mentor in the beginning back in Connecticut. He's, you know, culinary institute, bakery, you know, baker trained, and he made rainbow bagels and he was kind enough to make a video for me on how to make it. And I fell in love with it. And I started making those. I started making different colors. Yes. Like I got Halloween ones already. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas is coming. We're going to do Hanukkah bagels. So those are coming up. So blueberry bagels are a little different. Blueberry is I was always unsatisfied with the regular blueberry bagel because it was a bagel with blueberry dots. And like, I couldn't get a blueberry in every bite. And so I ended up basically making a blueberry pie bagel that is made of blueberry pie filling so that every single bite you get in the bagel. It tastes tastes like like a blueberry. blueberry. Yeah, it does. It tastes like a blueberry. It's fantastic. Yeah. So is that the one you're most proud of or which one are you most proud of, of your babies that you've birthed in your bagel shop? I think blueberry is probably the one I'm most proudest of because it's so, so different. There are some other recipes coming where literally I substitute the water for something else. Like imagine, I'll share one thing here is I have a coconut bagel. Okay. Yes. There is no water in it. It's just unsweetened coconut milk. Wow. It's like, if you had strawberry cream cheese on that, it's like a daiquiri. It's like you just (laughs) sit on a beach and have a coconut bagel with strawberry cream cheese and you're set, you're set. So blueberry is probably the one I'm proudest of because it's so unorthodox in terms of how it's. And delicious. It's just so delicious. And so if you're in Texas, it's worth driving up to Trophy Club to get these bagels. And remember, they're closed Monday and Tuesday. So don't go on those days because you'll be gravely disappointed. You want to go Wednesday through Sunday. It's a nice weekend, John. If you're coming up from any other part, Austin, you better come up here because, you know, Dallas, drive on out here because it's beautiful and it's gorgeous there in Trophy Club, too. Now, 
All right. So this is where you are right now, three and a half months in. And so how's business going for you? How's it going? It's unbelievable. We are thriving. It's really, really good. And I think... Can you hear the exhaustion in his voice when he says that? It's really, (laughs) really good. Remember, we're five hours into his day already. So, yeah. (laughs) So business is really good. We have, I think, hit on some really good food for really good people. I think what we learned before we opened the brick and mortar with our friends and starting something out of our home during the pandemic really, really helped. I think without that, we'd be, I think, still trying to open candidly, but it's been really, really awesome. And the staff, by the way, I mean, these young ladies and young men in this community who go to high school here are just unbelievable. I mean, half of our folks, it's their first job. And that's, I guess, another thing that we didn't anticipate is how amazing these kids are. They are hustlers. They are rock stars. I mean, yes, yes. They now, really when, are the they, when I was going to say, here's an example. So, you know, what happens is sometimes your point of sale goes down because the computers uh, crash, you know, it just happens. And so I was in there on Saturday, Saturday in the morning and it crashed. And that team of yours, they were so incredible. They got over enthusiastic. They got everybody going. They just were so excited about being there and helping that everybody in the shop, nobody noticed that it was happening. You know, you apologized and said it'll take a second. It really took a very short amount of time and boom, we were right back to business. But the enthusiasm of the people that are working there, those kids that are working there, it was incredible. They're great. They're great. Ella, who was working the counter, I remember her saying, it's like, okay, we'll just go old school. I'll just write down your order. And that was it. Like she just Pivoted. She's like, oh, yeah. well, okay. Dan, can you help me fix this? I'll just start writing down the orders. Like, oh, yeah, it we was- used to do that. We used to do that before we had these things. <laughs> That's right. Before everything was automated. I love that. That's so cool. Now, so you're having great success three and a half months in. You're also, you should tell them, this is a really big deal that State Farm is like focused on you. They're featuring you as a small yeah. business. When does that happen? When do we get uh, to see that? <laughs> I think in mid-December, we are, I guess, getting the final cut early December. So we have a State Farm agent here, Chastity, who does all our personal and business policies. And she nominated us for a small business showcase. And we are one in four that's been picked uh, in the State Farm Network. And uh, it's going to be your business is going to blow up. At that point. So this is just people just know that the line is going to they're going to have efficiency in place for it. But trust me, this is a big deal to be featured by them. So we're going to see them. We're going to see them everywhere, which is fantastic. I'm so excited for you for that happening. So when you. you think about that, that's happening, that your business is going great. I want you to tell me what's your vision of the future for you? Like, where do you imagine this going? You know, Mm -hmm. I like people to dream a little bit here. So tell me, what's your big dream? The big dream, you know, obviously is to grow, but I'd like to grow where each shop is opened up by an operator, not an investor. Okay. And what I mean by that is, yes, you can build another Dan's Bagels, but 
my requirement right now, frankly, is that you need to work in the shop, just like Jen and I. Yes. You need to rely on it for your income, for your savings, for your family, to really be vested in it. The idea of just investing in one and opening it and then hiring people, it's not how we built it. And I think it'll take a little bit away from the personal touch. And actually, it'll take a lot away from the personal Touch. Yes, if you do it that way with just investment, you know, it becomes almost like a franchise model, which it, is yes. really not what you want. What you no. want to do is find somebody who's interested in the bagel, who understands it needs to relax, who knows <laughs> how to put it in to chill. And so it gets ready to work. And that is committed to that. And that has their family engaged in the process, because if you didn't have Jennifer and your kids on board with this, it wouldn't happen, would it? No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. No, it's, yeah. uh, it would have been all very scary and polarizing, but that's not the case. And that's- no. So if you're listening and you're somewhere in Texas or anywhere else for that matter, and you think to yourself, oh, I think this is what I'm into. I love bagels. I'm really into it. I've been experimenting myself. You know, you better contact Dan because this is and yeah. all his information is going to be in the show notes so you can follow him everywhere. And I love that everything that you're doing now. So when you think about this trajectory of what happened with you and where you've been, you must have some tips for people if they have a dream like this. So your dream is to see this grow, but in an organic way, it feels like to me in an organic way, mm -hmm. not in a way where you're just going to, we've seen some of these bagel shops in Texas and we've tasted those bagels and they're not like yours, right? So we're going to have this amazing experience no matter where they open. But what would you say to people who have like, you know, need to pivot and yeah. don't know quite what to do about it or have a dream and want to make it reality. Yeah. The first thing is to believe in yourself. I think anybody can learn anything. I really, really do. Yeah. Also be very realistic. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to put in the work. And I think thirdly is make sure you have a very strong network around you. You know, folks that want to pivot, in my opinion, typically have an idea of what it is they want to do, yes. you know, a general framework about which to go at it. But I think it has a lot more to do with grit and just the ability to yeah. go at it. But it's hard work and you get down sometimes and just make sure you have that network around you. And you will have naysayers. You will have people who say you're out of your mind. I would say that it happens two out of 10 times. So just forget that. So, but make sure well, you listen. Well, what's true is that think about this stat, you know, nine out of 10 people who are facing a life-threatening change don't make it. Mm -hmm. Only one right. person out of 10 will actually pivot and do the thing. So it makes sense to me that you would have naysayers that would think you were insane and crazy. Go back and get another job in events and marketing or open your own marketing firm or events firm. Why would you possibly do something as crazy as a bagel shop? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. The other thing is that let's say it doesn't work out. What yes. I'm finding is you meet so many new people during the process so all of a sudden, your network has expanded and, yes. and that network creates new opportunities that regardless of your business happened or not, you have new people. It's not like you have to go back and say, hey, I'm back, you know, sorry, I left, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> you've met new people. And yes. that in itself is yes. a new path. Yes. And I love that because I met you there and I feel like mm-hmm. you and Jennifer, I'm like, oh, those are going to be my new best friends. I'm going to get to know them so that I can help them because anything I can do to help your success, I'm in. I mm-hmm. think you're incredible what you're doing. And the fact that you took us back there to show us all about the dough in those beautiful rainbow bagels, my favorite bagel in the bunch. I just love that. And I think that you've provided something in the community that was missing. And it's not just the bagel. You provided this feeling of love and this essential element. You know, when I go in and purchase things, you know, food, because food is such a big deal. I don't always have the experience that I have when I walk in your bagel shop where I feel like people are friendly. I feel like I meet people in front and back of me in the line. Then I walk out with something that is indescribably (laughs) delicious that I will seriously, I can barely drive home. If I'm there and I'm right up on my bike, I pull that bagel out and eat it right there. Right. Half of it anyway, and then ride the rest of the 20 miles. (laughs) But when I'm there with, you know, the car, I got to bring it home and I have to wait until I get home to open it up. And I can barely wait because it is incredible. So you you also talked about that you get a little down. Tell me, what do you do when you get down inside yourself? What do you do? Because I think this is the norm. This is the world we live in, right? It's always shifting. Yeah. So what do you do? I think the first thing is I always talk to Jen, right? We're good sounding boards. So that goes back to really have a network. And you know what? If your business partner is not your wife or husband, that's okay. Just make sure you have a partner that you can do the same thing. So talk it out. Don't internalize it. The second thing I do is I go out to the front when the store is open, get out of my head, just ask the dough to wait a little bit. And I I go out to the front and I say, hi, and I serve the customers. I just get back into why you wanted to do this in the first place. Right. Um, And Listen to the great feedback. Don't listen to the shade that's being thrown. That's the hardest part, especially food, right? Yeah. Especially bagels. It's so cultish. Um, <laughs> but that's what I do. I go to Jen, we talk it out. And then I, when we open, I go outside and meet some wonderful people and just try to change the mood. Yes, that is so great. You came out a couple of times when I've been in there. So I love that. And I think people love seeing you and seeing, you know, that it's you behind your Dan of Dan's Bagels. They want to know that person and have that connection. I love that you're saying, you know, talk to somebody instead of internalizing it, because I think being an entrepreneur is a solo path in a lot of ways. You happen to have a great partner that you're doing it with, right? And a great family that supports you Mm -hmm. doing it. And now you have all these friends and all these customers who are there to help you be successful, but there will be people that throw shade. That's just truth. And so for you to know in your heart that to go out and remember the why, That's what you're doing. You're just walking out there and remembering, why am I doing this at 3 a.m. getting up and then talking to the dough, right? And so I love that. And I just have to say, this is in this podcast. You're the first 
person, entrepreneur, that I have really felt that you have a brick and mortar. And this is very different than many of the people that I interview. You know, they pivoted into being a blogger or they pivoted into being a writer or they pivoted into or they didn't pivot at all. They're doing stuff online while they have their day job. But this to me is really it's the heart and soul of the world. You know, Mm -hmm. there are these places that are open and the people who work there have put their heart and soul into whatever it is that you're consuming. So take the time to thank them. And that's what I would say to you, Dan. Thank you so much for everything that you and your family did to bring the most incredible bagel to somewhere near me where it's not even that far for me to drive and get it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you for taking the time to be here with me this morning. What time do you get to go to bed? If you get up and you've got to be there at three, then do you get a little nap in the middle Uh, of the day? It's funny. (laughs) I try to get to bed by seven. You know, it's a different work day. That's all it is. That's all it is. You know, my suppliers are there, you know, just at the same time. So you know, my suppliers wake up at two. So the world still works at that hour. Um, Yes, I know. I used to make when I lived in New York and I was an actor, you know, I made buttercream at night for, you know, and I was my shift started at 1.30 a.m. So I know all about it. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. And everyone, please check out the show notes. And if you live in Texas or even if you don't and you're flying through Dallas, Fort Worth, you got to go to Trophy Club and get one of Dan's bagels because they are incredible. Thank you so much, Dan. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Oh, it's been so great to see you. Okay, everybody, you know the drill. Go out today. Make it a great day. Help somebody else in the world and do everything that you can to bring your talents into the universe. And until next time, up your creative genius. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on Up Your Creative Genius. Then join me next week for more Rocket Fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy, get out, and up your creative genius. And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobervolsky, and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs>